still there. So 1 Kings chapter 11. I was watching the news this week. This was an interesting week in our nation. And one of the newscasters said that our nation is divided. Now what did he mean by that? Our nation is divided. And uh, that's what we're actually going to look at today. But we're not going to so much talk about America. Uh, We're going to talk about what happened and what led to the division that occurred with Israel. Because Israel also found themselves united under the leadership of Saul, King Saul, then King David, and then King Solomon. But after Solomon, a split occurred. And after the split occurred, you had a northern kingdom of ten tribes. You had a southern kingdom, which was called Judah. The northern kingdom was called Israel. Its capital was in Samaria. The southern kingdom down here, it was called Judah. The capital was, it was two tribes, Jerusalem. And then they lasted that way for several years. And then they collapsed. They fell. So both after the split, they did not last. And I think what's important for us as Christians, understanding that God is the one that allowed His chosen nation, Israel, to be divided. He allowed them to split. And I believe possibly we... As Americans, and we as Christians, we could be living or approaching or coming into a divided America where everything is division, where it's people won't even speak to those that are different than them. So that's what we're going to look at here in our Bible. And I want you to turn your Bibles. 1 Kings chapter 11. And what's powerful about this passage is it was predicted by the Lord because of Solomon's sin. Solomon was the wealthiest man in the world. He was born in in a kingly castle, palace there with David. And then he started marrying people. He was not only the wealthiest man, he was also the wisest man. But in his wisdom, even though he had wisdom, that did not lead him to making godly decisions. You can have a worldly, a business know-how. You can make wise financial, wise common sense decisions, but that's still radically different than making godly decisions. Godly decisions are when you say, what would the Lord have me to do? What does God want me to do in this situation? Me as an American Christian, how do I serve these two flags? You might be living under an American flag now, having a president, having a direction of the country, that maybe you didn't vote for, maybe you didn't support. How do you honor the Christian flag, yet still maintain your faithfulness as being 
and American. So we're going to see here in the Bible about what happened. Because I think this is something we as believers, we need to be prepared. Who do we live for? That's the real question. Look here in your Bible. Start in verse, I believe verse 19. 1 Kings 11, I'm sorry, not 19, verse 9. I want to read verse 9. This is why Solomon led to a divided kingdom. Verse 9 says, The Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice. Verse 10, he had commanded him about this, meaning God told Solomon, Solomon, do not do this. Your heart is turning away. Solomon married foreign wives. It's 700 wives, and the Bible says they led his heart astray. Verse 10, so that he would not follow other gods, but Solomon did not do what the Lord had commanded. The Lord said to Solomon, since you have done this, that's his sin, and did not keep my covenant and my statutes, which I commanded you. Look at this. Look what God does. I, I the Lord, will tear the kingdom away from you, and give it to your servant. His servant is Jeroboam, meaning somebody who's not his son. His next son in line for the kingship from Solomon was Rehoboam. But there was, he had a servant named Jeroboam, and it's torn in two. And Jeroboam led the ten northern tribes, and Rehoboam led the two southern tribes. That was not God's plan. God allowed Israel to fall. And the reason why is because Solomon did not follow the Lord. And I think what's powerful about that is God even reminded Solomon, Solomon, I have appeared to you two times. Do you know, think about it, if the Lord has appeared to you, if you have seen the Lord, wouldn't that Make you the rest of your life. You know God's out there. You can't be an atheist. Because He's appeared to you. You know God has answered your prayer. Solomon prayed and asked for wisdom. And he gave him wisdom. But he didn't say give him wisdom. He says, because you've asked for wisdom, I'll also give you riches. He gave him riches too. You would think that since the Lord has appeared to Solomon two times, he would be faithful. But no. He's not faithful. All right, now I want to skip down here. There's another section here I want you to read. Look at verse 26. 1 Kings eleven twenty-six. Now Solomon's servant, Jeroboam, that's his servant who's going to receive the kingdom. Son of Nebat was an Ephraimite from Zeradah. His widowed mother's name was Zeruah. Jeroboam rebelled against Solomon. And this is the reason he rebelled against the king. Solomon had built 
the supporting terraces and repaired the opening in the wall of the city of his father David. Now the man Jeroboam was capable, and Solomon noticed the young man because he was getting things done. So he appointed him over the entire labor force of the house of Joseph. During that time, the prophet Ahijah, the Shilamite, met Jeroboam on the road as Jeroboam came out of Jerusalem. Now Ahijah had wrapped himself with a new cloak, and the two of them were alone in an open field. Ahijah's a prophet, and he's going to speak to this man, Jeroboam. Then Ahijah took hold of the new cloak he had on. Brand new cloak, nice new suit. And it says he tore it into 12 pieces. 12 pieces are for the 12 tribes of Israel. And said to Jeroboam, take 10 pieces for yourself. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. I'm about to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hands. And I'll give you ten tribes. But one tribe will remain his for the sake of my servant David. And for the sake of Jerusalem. The city I chose out of all the tribes of Israel. For they have... This is the main verse here. Verse 33. For they have abandoned me. They have bowed down to Ashtoreth the goddess of the Sidonites, to Kamosh, the god of Moab, and to Milcom, the god of the Ammonites. They have not walked in my ways to do what is right in my sight and to carry out my statutes and my judgments as his father David did. David had a heart that sought after the Lord. Solomon's heart did not seek after the Lord. It was a worldly heart that had been influenced by his foreign wives. Solomon's heart is revealed. Last verse we're going to read is verse 40. Skip down to verse 40 here. Solomon's heart is revealed in verse 40. Because Solomon hears that his servant Jeroboam just received a message from the prophet Ahijah that, hey, you're about to become the king of the northern tribe. At this point, there is no northern tribe because the kingdom has not been torn yet. And then look at Solomon's response when he finds out his kingdom is going to tear and it's going to be divided. This is what you do in desperation. Verse 40. Therefore Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but he fled to Egypt, to King Shishak of Egypt, where he remained until Solomon's death. Solomon showed, because he was a jealous king, that he was going to lose his kingdom to Jeroboam. So what does he do? You try to kill the man who's going to steal your kingdom. Do you know the first commandment in the Bible, in the book of Exodus, is that we are to only worship the Lord. And the command, the very first commandment, is given so that we don't worship foreign gods. And for a lot of us, we don't struggle with that. We know the God of the Bible. We know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know the God and Father of Jesus. And Jesus is God. We come to church and we worship the Lord. But the second commandment is actually 
one that if we aren't careful, we can break. The second commandment, remember the first commandment, is about worshiping the wrong God. The second commandment is worshiping the right God, that's Jesus. But we're worshiping Jesus in the wrong ways. And what was happening is the Israelites, including Solomon here, he worshiped the Lord. The Lord had appeared to him two times. Appeared to him face to face two times. But he allowed through the intermarriage, and that's why it's so important that you marry a believer. That's why it's so important that your inner circle and those who are influencing you are born-again believers because otherwise your heart will be led astray. And that's what happened to Solomon. Solomon's wives introduced false worship. So what happened was, Solomon, in his palace, started bringing in idols and foreign deities, and he would take them and set them right next to the worship of the Lord. And I think the principle for us is we have to make sure in our home and in our lives that even though we come to church and we say we worship the Lord, we bow down to Jesus, He's the Lord of our life, have we allowed this worldliness, this cultural thinking to influence who we are and to pull our hearts astray. Solomon's heart wavered from the Lord. And we have to make sure that we do not do the same. Do you know how you destroy a nation? You know how you destroy a church, a family, your children? It's internally. You allow your heart to go astray. It's through devices. It's through media. It's through your shaping has been warped. It's no longer being shaped by God's Word. It's being shaped by the worldly pleasures of our day. In our constant battle, if you want your family if you want this country to stand, to not fall, you have to make sure that you are faithful to the Lord. What that means is, faithfulness to the Lord means when there's a decision that you have to make, there's a stand you have to stand on, that you're lining up with what God says, and not with what our culture tells us. Not with what the media tells us to do. Guys, we, if you aren't careful, you will just be taken downstream. Your family will just drift away. You'll drift out of church. You'll drift away from Scripture. And God is speaking to you and I this morning. If you feel our, our nation is divided. Your family's divided. People at work, where you work with, are divided. There's just this friction. You're always on eggshells. The only answer to that is faithfulness to God. 
you and I worship Jesus. We do not allow the idols of our day, which are the influences of our day, the gods of America, to pull and lead our hearts astray. Guys, what does it mean for your heart to be led astray? Heart to be led astray is when you, this week, you have followed politics on TV more than you have been spending time in prayer, like we talked about last week, fasting, spending time devoted to the Lord. Guys, all we can do is vote and pray. That's it. That's all we can do. We vote and we pray for our leaders. We pray for God's will for our country. We pray for revival. We ask God, Lord, use my voice. When I come and I go out, and I meet folks, give me ministry opportunities. Because until America's heart is turned back to the Lord, you cannot expect lost people, people who do not know Jesus, people who are spiritually dead, like these 700 foreign wives that Solomon married. You can't expect a foreign wife to worship Yahweh Lord. That's what's going on here. It cannot happen. You can't take the, the lost and mix it with the saved and, and stir it up in soup and expect the saved to come out. That is literally what Solomon is doing. He is mixing his life. The king, God created Israel to be a theocracy, meaning they answered before the Lord only. God was over Israel. God, King Jesus, is over your life. And we constantly are fighting against this polluted culture that is infiltrating it. And we want to make sure, you want to make sure, that it's not coming in your home. That it's not polluting your mind. That you remain faithful to God. You know what destroys America? It's unfaithfulness to the Lord. A nation that was founded on principles of the Lord. On God. A nation that maybe our heyday was maybe after World War II. That was our King David experience here. And now the son Solomon comes. And his heart's going astray. And then after Solomon, it splits. And you know, God didn't split the kingdom in Solomon's time because God had so much respect for Solomon's father, David. They said, I won't do it in your kingship. I'll do it in your son's, Rehoboam. And I think the principle that God is speaking to us is just like this unfaithfulness here. If, it, if God will allow Israel, whom is His chosen nation he will allow america he will allow your home he will allow this church he will allow our city to be torn apart god is looking for men and women for families for churches for nations that are faithful to him 
Whatever happens with our new president, we need to be committed to the Lord first and foremost. We are committed to Jesus Christ. We answer. We come under the flag first and foremost as being born-again believers saved by the blood of Jesus. And I want my life, you want your life, you want your family to honor Him first and foremost. You know, what, one of the things what happens, we can easily take the Lord, this is how we break the second commandment, and we can make Him into what we want Him to be. Solomon believed, this is his fallacy, he believed, My father was David. He worshipped the Lord. God appeared to me twice. And Solomon himself, if you went up to him, he was one of these guys who says, Solomon, who do you worship? Oh, I worship the Lord. I'm a Christian. I believe in Yahweh in the Bible. But you looked at his palace. You looked at his family. Even though Solomon himself worshipped the Lord, he allowed all these foreign idols into his life, into his home, through the media, through marriage. And it polluted the rest of the nation. And it was something that seems, a sin that seems so innocent, it will destroy your life and it will destroy our nation. Many of you think, you might watch the news this week. And you think, how, what planet do some of these people live on? Where do these people come, where do some of the ideas, where does this stuff arise? Where does this type of thinking derive from? And it comes from, a lot of ways, people who do not know the Lord. People who do not have a rock-solid foundation in the Bible, and who do not read the Bible, who are not influenced by the Bible, they do not make decisions. Their lives are not guided by Scripture. What are they guided by? It's like we talked about last week. They're guided by reason. They're guided by science. They're guided by politics. And there's these two rails, it's like trains going down the road. And you have to say, what is going to shape my life? How will my thinking be shaped? And I'm pleading with you. God is pleading with you this morning. Solomon tried to ride both rails. He had one foot here on this flag, and he had another foot here on maybe this worldly, worldly flags, where he said, I'm going to, I'm going to live for the Lord, but then I'm going to live for these other nations I've married into. And he couldn't ride it. You cannot live your life going down those two rails. And this morning, the commitment I'm going to ask of you, are you, is your family, is your church, is it faithful to the Lord? This is a message on faithfulness. You want revival in America? You want to see lives changed here? Guys, it begins with us. How can we expect our nation 
to be faithful to God when we're not? Have we allowed these foreign influences to come into our home and pollute our mind? Do you know, I think about it. Sherry and I were talking about it. I grew up, I guess, in the 80s and 90s. There was no internet. There was no social media. These things didn't even exist. These phones in your pocket, they didn't exist. They're contaminants. They come into your life and they can lead your heart away from the Lord. I want to tell you, you might read this passage and go, Daniel, I'm not going to marry a foreign wife. I'm not going to marry somebody from Egypt. You know what you're married to? You're, you're married to what the influence is in your pocket. It's the media. It's what's shaping your thinking. It's what's shaping what you do throughout the day. And it warps your mind. You become an angry person. Blaming other people. And the real problem is the folks are unfaithful to God. The reason America's lost is because we as Christians, we haven't evangelized and witnessed to our lost neighbors. If you want to see change in Lexington, it starts with you and I sharing the good news of Jesus. He's the only person that can save our city, that can save our land, and that can bring revival. And it starts with you and I being faithful to God. Remember what God said about David. He was a man after my own heart. David, even though he sinned, he had struggles, he sought the Lord, and his son didn't. How sad is it for a godly parent that loves the Lord to have a child that does not seek the Lord? You should be praying for your children. You want to make a godly home. We want to have a godly church, and we want, as a result of godly marriages, godly homes, a godly church, We then, as a result, have a godly nation. Revival breaks out. This morning, I'm going to ask, will you be faithful to God? Will you recommit yourself to faithfulness to Him? I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And then I'm going to ask you to respond to the invitation. I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Dear Jesus, I pray that the folks here, if they need to respond to you in faithfulness, if their heart is being influenced in the wrong direction like Solomon's wives pulled him away. Lord, you tore apart his kingdom. Lord, you will allow that to happen to us. Lord, make me a faithful husband. Make me a faithful father. Make me a faithful pastor. Lord, we ask for faithfulness. Lord, we want to be godly to you. Lord, I pray that we are bold in our response. I pray for revival of our nation. I pray for our new president. I pray for our new elected officials. I pray for unity, but not just unity for sake of unity. We pray for unity under the sake of the cross for you. Pray for this nation to turn to you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for our country. Thank you for our veterans. Allows us the freedom to come here and worship you. God, I pray this invitation. If there's anybody that needs to join our church, needs to make a decision, they come forward and take mine and Brother Hurd's hand and say, I want to, be, I want to belong to a Bible-believing church. 
Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want to invite you to respond. Let's stand together. If you're a guest here, we close every single service with an invitation. I'll be standing down front. You walk forward. You can join this church. Make a decision. Follow Jesus.